This is the latest edition of Return to Reason with Leon Fontaine, where knowledge, common sense, and wisdom intersect. With a high value of people and their right to think for themselves, Return to Reason endeavors to present the whole story so that you can make fully informed, wise decisions and bring positive change to your life, community, and to the nation. And now, here's Leon Fontaine. In our modern world that values diversity and inclusion, often applauding unconventional lifestyle choices as brave and affirming the mantra that everyone can live by their own truth, why now has it become acceptable to ridicule someone for a personal medical choice and deny them fundamental rights? Why are we devolving this way? Brace yourself for this vital commentary on liberty and bodily autonomy. Today on Return to Reason, mandates, ultimatums, and the illusion of freedom. Vaccine mandates, another installment of the fear-mongering and government overreach that has become all too familiar. Another layer of control. I am going to present some arguments today to demonstrate that vaccine mandates, even temporary ones, are an infringement on basic rights and freedoms. The justified need for mandates has not been proven in court. Not to mention, most North American health authorities are totally disregarding the science behind natural immunity. None of this adds up. My goal is not to point fingers at the vaccinated or the unvaccinated today. But I want to explore four basic questions surrounding the conversation on COVID-19 vaccine mandates themselves. Are they legal? Are they ethical? Are they effective? And do they pass the common sense test? You see, we can only make informed decisions if we have knowledge, facts, data, and perspective. And then we still need to apply our experience, wisdom, and values to the situation at hand. In August 2021, the Prime Minister announced all travelers would need to be fully vaccinated to board planes and trains this fall. Municipalities and provincial bodies across the nation flooded the media with announcements of their vax mandates. On October the 6th, the Liberals upped the ante and applied a broad vaccine mandate to all federally regulated employees, making special note to say those who don't comply will be put on unpaid leave come November. Stats Canada shows that over 82% of the eligible Canadian population is fully vaccinated against COVID as of mid-October. After the economic decimation in 2020, are we prepared to dismiss up to 17% of the workforce over a medical choice? Keeping people out of work isn't good for the government in any circumstance. I wonder how the narrative will change then. Liar Samfiru, a leading employment law expert in Canada, laid out the situation bluntly by saying, we're going to see the biggest wave of terminations we've ever seen since the pandemic started. To offer some perspective, which I find is in very short supply these days, in 2019, the median infant immunization rate was reported at 82% nationally. 
So about the same number of families are making those medical choices as those who opted for COVID shots. Granted, this is a different set of demographics, but my point is the general population vaccine uptake is around 80%. What huge leap does the government expect to make with these COVID vaccine mandates? 5%? 10%? In early 2021, herd immunity was often mentioned by officials as a sort of goal or group moral obligation to these vaccination programs. Broad ranges of numbers were thrown out, like 70% or more. The World Health Organization's website says the magic number for herd immunity to COVID is not yet known. Interesting. More on herd immunity later in the show. The feds and the provincial governments hold a monopoly on most health care and social services in the nation, and yet they do not allow for distinctive circumstances. They are in the business of working for their citizens, individual Canadians, and yet now they want to throw that all out and paint everyone with the same brush. Often referred to as the father of modern medicine, William Osler, a Canadian physician from the turn of the century, said, The good physician treats the disease. The great physician treats the patient who has the disease. Where are all the checks and balances? We've got politicians acting like doctors. We've got legislation accommodating a virus instead of supporting patients. Surgeries are postponed. Kids are in masks. Pastors are being thrown in jail and sentenced to court-ordered speech. There has got to be a better way. Carol Crossan a constitutional lawyer, says she is flooded with hundreds of calls and emails every day from concerned citizens. I have never seen anything like this as far as a threat to the freedoms of Canadians. This is, make no mistake, it's not a medical issue. It's a freedoms issue. Uh, I represent 73 doctors here and they have spearheaded an open letter to Alberta Health Services in which 3,500 uh, healthcare workers signed that letter, not in regard to the vaccines, but in regard to the vaccine mandates. That letter, those individuals say they believe that this is a matter of choice, that they are pro-choice, and that group comprises both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals. And of course, medical health professionals, they care about informed consent. That's what it's all about to them. It underlines their whole profession. And so the thought of making someone engage in a medical treatment or they'll be punished is, is distasteful to medical professionals on, on principle. It, it would be very constructive to sit down at the table and dialogue on these things. But I am finding the medical health professionals, especially the doctors, if they do try and dialogue, their associations are often punishing them. Even before the pandemic, Tim Moen was an outspoken freedom fighter. He says the frontline workers that he is fighting for, composed of both unvaccinated and vaccinated, feel these mandates undermine their judgment as competent, experienced practitioners and leave no room for reasonable alternatives. As of October 13th, we have sent uh, a letter 
with our demands to AHS explaining um, the legal grounds that we oppose this on. We think that what they're doing is illegal. It's unconstitutional. Um, we have a number of members who are, uh, you know, this is their hill to die on and they will, uh, um, they're, they're willing to lose their jobs over this. Um, there are other members like me who don't like what a, this policy is doing to um, these members. I don't like what it's doing to the culture in our department, pitting each other, you know, co-workers and brothers who fight battles together against each other. I don't uh, like the precedent it's setting that I won't have the choice in necessarily in the future when the next vaccine comes down the pike. And I want to retain that right as an individual to manage my own health care, make my own health choices. We recognize that, you know, in the time of a pandemic that our, the public we serve and our coworkers and our employers want to make sure that we are safe to come to work, that we're not carrying a contagious virus to work. And, you know, we're more than willing to get regular rapid testing to show that we're not contagious and that we're safe to come to work. And in fact, we think that that standard of testing actually Actually makes us safer than someone like me who's simply vaccinated. Across the country, dozens of groups and organizations have sent formal letters, lobbied their unions to fight, and warned governments of their mass resignations over these mandates. Too many, in fact, for me to list them all, but here are a few. Two silent protests going by the name Code White were held in Quebec City recently. Frontline workers, ex-military professionals, and community members stood arm in arm to show the government that mandatory vaccination and vaccine passports are, quote, discriminatory. Code White is a healthcare workplace emergency code implying a violent situation and a request for backup. Earlier in October, a group of 1,100 employees and contractors at Canada Natural Resources Limited published a letter they wrote to their CEO demanding the company stop all plans for a mandatory vaccine program. Their lawyer, James Kitchen, says, My clients are not litigious. They are severely normal people who want to quietly live their lives, work hard at their jobs, and have their employers and governments respect their health choices and bodily autonomy. It appears as if individuals in a very broad range of industries are feeling the brunt of the government's heavy hand and are coming together to say enough is enough. Maybe fighting back on the mandates will be one thing that unites people after all the division this pandemic has caused. Bottom line, this is about freedom. All Canadians should have the freedom to choose what medical treatment they undergo. Delta has remained steadfast in its aversion to the, quote, divisive mandates. CEO Ed Bastian boasts a high vaccination rate of his staff already and said, We are proving that you can work collaboratively with your people and not forcing them over the loss of their jobs. Starting the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, thousands of Southwest flights were cancelled and they continued to experience disruptions. Speculation swirled this is due to staff taking a stand against President Biden's vaccine mandate, but the airline has denied those claims. More recently, CEO Gary Kelly surprised many by changing a previously stated policy. He said, we're not going to fire anybody who doesn't get vaccinated.
Elaborating, he noted the company is working in good faith to meet requirements of the executive order, and if an employee's medical and religious exemption was pending, they would not be placed on unpaid leave but asked to mask and social distance. In this viral post, Sean Andrew Walker says as a pilot, he is being given an ultimatum, and I quote, If we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, we dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when you're told what to do and it may not fall in line with your beliefs. Several online news sources can't verify his employment status to authenticate the claims. But the fact that it hit 2 million views in a matter of days shows just how concerned people are over government overreach. In mid-October, Texas Governor Greg Abbott passed an executive order banning any entity from enforcing COVID-19 vaccine mandates, saying the COVID-19 vaccine should remain voluntary and never forced. As of filming this show, no Canadian premiers have taken a public stand against the Fed's mandate on core public servants. This order will apply to approximately 267,000 federal workers, some of whom are working from home or stationed overseas. In addition to being put on unpaid leave, employees who do not attest to their vaccination status will be required to take an online training session on COVID-19 vaccines. The RCMP's union, which represents nearly 20,000 officers, sent out a mass email this fall stating that the union supports a member's right to choose not to be vaccinated. In a later statement, the union president added, As we have maintained throughout 2021, consistent with our duty of fair representation, the National Police Federation will continue to support members' access to vaccines and their choice to be vaccinated or not. We also clarified to them the potential consequences of their decisions. The question for the average citizen here is, would you feel more comfortable if an unvaccinated police officer answered your call or was removed from the line of duty altogether? The same could be said for health care. Would you rather be treated by an unvaccinated nurse or no nurse at all? Across the country, hospitals and extended care facilities were already in dire shortage of staff before the pandemic began. Is this threat of vaccinate or be fired really a smart move? Will it be in the public's best interest? Coming to grips with this question in a very sharp about face, the Quebec government extended its vaccine mandate deadline for all healthcare workers by 30 days. I suppose it's not good to lose any number of valuable staff when some ERs are closing, acute beds are full, and ICUs are allegedly brimming with both vaccinated and unvaccinated patients. Elsewhere in Quebec, we heard of nurses refusing to work any mandatory overtime and the government threatening to ban any unvaccinated doctors from practicing medicine. To say our healthcare system is under extreme duress is an understatement. It's intriguing to note a case study from 2019 when the BC Nurses Union took the government to task over a policy regarding mandatory influenza vaccines. 
In that province, all nurses were forced to disclose their vaccination status to the employer, and those who didn't were subject to wear a mask in patient care settings, among other things. The nurses won. After settlement, a statement from the union described the new agreement as ensuring the professional judgment of nurses is respected. What a great example of upholding confidence in a nurse's professional judgment and still respecting community health and well-being, otherwise known as common sense. The forcible nature of current vaccine mandates only speaks to a broad distrust in Canadian citizens as a whole. Besides that lack of trust, there seems to be a concerning disrespect to individual circumstances. Remember, these are professionals in the healthcare sector. They, above all people, would place high value on human dignity and safety for all. In a recent interview with Dave Rubin, New York ER nurse Kevin Surdy exposed the damages this will cause in his hospital. There's one nurse that I work with who is seven months pregnant, and this nurse actually wants the vaccine. She said, I want the vaccine. I'll get the vaccine. Just wait until I have my baby, and I will come back vaccinated. And she was forced to resign because they said no. We have another great colleague of mine who's in her 30s. She's had a stroke already. She's blind in one eye, had open heart surgery. And we know that there is a very small risk, but the risk is there, of blood clots with the vaccine. And she said, I'm not taking that risk. I'm already blind in one eye. I don't want to be blind in another eye if I get this um, clot and I'm predispositioned to have a stroke. And this is somebody who's a nurse. She knows what she's talking about. And she was fired. You know, there's one nurse. She's a single mom, been a nurse for quite a few years in the ER. And she very reluctantly got the vaccine against her will. She did, did not want this at all. She's very distressed because she's already gotten the first shot. She goes, I can't lose my job. I'm a single mom. If I lose my job, I can't afford my house or to feed my kid. I don't have a choice here. This isn't a nursing thing. This is spread out to pharmacists and doctors and nurses. It's all throughout healthcare of multiple people wanting the vaccine or not wanting it. And the majority of them have already had COVID. They've tested positive through blood work that they have antibodies. And they're being told, no, you still have to get the shot. And this is a power grab. It feels like a punishment of some sort. Um, and it's just not the right thing to do. And patients are going to suffer, which is why I'm standing this line. I can't have this affect patient care. There are several studies to back up Surdy's statements regarding natural immunity in a healthcare setting. One from June 2021, where out of 1,300 plus previously infected healthcare workers, Within the Cleveland clinic system, not a single one of them was reinfected later in the pandemic, despite these individuals being around COVID-positive patients all the time, day in and day out. If we play this movie out a little bit, how much will caregiver burnout dismantle the already broken healthcare system after this medical tyranny has run its course? How many young people do you think will be eager to pursue careers in the medical field? One can only imagine the potential domino effect. Post-secondary institutions across the nation jumped on the bandwagon for proof of full vaccination for admission. This applies to all staff and students, regardless of in-person or online learning in many cases. Letting someone go from a job without severance is one kind of injustice, but denying someone the right to education is a whole new level. I don't see much news coverage of this collateral damage to the mandates. 
My school employs me to be an authority on the subject of ethics. I hold a PhD in ethics and ancient philosophy. And I'm here to tell you it's ethically wrong to coerce someone to take a vaccine. I've had plenty of vaccines in my life, but I've never been forced to take one. It's always been my choice. My job is to teach students how to think critically, to ask questions that might expose a false argument. Questions like, says who? Who is the authority giving this order? Should I trust them with control over my body? Nobody's promising that I won't get COVID or transmit COVID if I get the vaccine. But ultimately, none of that matters to me because I'm a professor of ethics and I'm a Canadian. I'm entitled to make choices about what does and does not enter my body, regardless of my reasons. Panessi says she has been forced on leave and is unable to teach students, even remotely, because of her refusal to get vaccinated. Critics will say hers is only one academic's opinion of the ethical component. That is true. Although I'm sure if I went looking, dozens of professionals would cautiously admit that they felt somewhat coerced into getting the vaccines just to keep their tenured positions. Some may be brave enough to tell their stories as time goes on and the culture shifts. In April 2021, the World Health Organization released a policy brief on the ethics of vaccine mandates. This is readily available public information one excerpt reads, A number of ethical considerations and caveats should be explicitly discussed and addressed, similar to other public health policies. Decisions about mandatory vaccination should be supported by the best available evidence and should be made in a manner that is transparent, fair, non-discriminatory, and involves the input of the affected parties. My observation, when I hear the authorities talk about these vaccine mandates, I do not hear a lot of non-discriminatory, transparent talk. I hear bullying. I hear a rally cry to turn on one another. I hear a snide attitude in their language about how hard it will be to apply for a religious, medical, or freedom of conscience exemption. I hear talk that doesn't feel very Canadian. This so-called new normal is only one size fits all. Get with it or suffer the consequences. The Nuremberg Code clearly reads that voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. The person should be free to exercise power of choice without the intervention of any element of force fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. In a recent article, the international news agency Reuters referred to our Prime Minister's announcement on October the 6th as unveiling one of the world's strictest vaccine mandate policies. Journalist Candace Malcolm, who has vaccinated herself, put it this way. 
Do you really trust a big bureaucratic and competent government um, to manage the system? We're dealing with something that we don't really understand that's constantly changing, and somehow we're supposed to, again, trust the government um, to oversee this whole system. Uh, and that doesn't even get into the privacy concerns. She raised a very good point. Where does privacy come into play in all of this? We've been told for decades that personal health information is sacred and solely for medical professionals to see. Now we're being told that airlines, restaurants, gym owners, and even churches can ask to see our status at the door. This is so discriminatory on so many levels, whether you're vaccinated or not. Wrapping this under language like get back to the normal activities you love is, like I said before, merely an illusion of freedom. The other question I pledged to bring up today is, are vaccine mandates effective? At what? Instilling fear, anger, and mistrust in public health? Yes. Increasing vaccine uptake? Perhaps. Eradicating COVID? No. Dr. J. Bhattacharya is one of the highly esteemed scientists behind the Great Barrington Declaration. He explains why the mandates are unnecessary to protect the collective. Vaccines are designed to protect the recipient. That's it. I mean, I think we have a fantastic tool to protect the vulnerable, the vaccines. We, we, we should work very hard to convince vulnerable people that it's, that it's worthwhile for them to get it. Uh, and that involves, for instance, not doing a mandate. What the vaccine mandates have done, what this entire policy environment has done, uh, including like the denial of natural immunity, for instance, uh, immunity that, for, uh, that's provided by recovery for after COVID, um, is it's created a deep distrust over this vaccine. Herd immunity is a very simple idea. It's that at time T right now, Every person that gets COVID infects one or fewer additional people. And that what that means is that uh, the disease will decrease in prevalence. Herd immunity is not a synonym for zero COVID. I think that is the problem that many people have had in thinking about herd immunity. It's not a synonym for the disease has gone away, we never have to think about it again. A, a, a society can go in and out of herd immunity. Many countries around the world who have very high vaccination rates over 90 or 95% are still experiencing high numbers of cases. You can easily find this info for yourselves online. I find it troubling that this real world data is not being included in the conversation about mandates here in Canada, no matter what you have chosen for your personal body and family. It is our responsibility as Canadians to hold members of public office accountable for their actions. This is called participating in democracy. There are huge parts of the conversation being totally ignored right now. John F. Kennedy said, conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. It is only an honest, open dialogue that we can grow as a society. An Ontario pediatrician, Dr. Kalvinder Carr, who has faced censorship, pressure from the College of Physicians, and a sizable serving of media slander for her tweets promoting medical autonomy and freedom of choice, encouraged her followers with this. It's far easier to continue believing lies than accept that you've been lied to and are still being lied to. 
Irrational fear and cognitive dissonance are powerful forces. But courage and love conquer all. Step back, pause, open your heart and mind. Think critically. Humanity will prevail. So true. I'd challenge you to share this show with someone and to have these discussions around the dinner table. And I'd encourage you to talk with your doctor. Vaccine mandates absolutely undermine the doctor-patient relationship and the concept of individualized best practice care. Ask your doctor for their opinion on preventative measures, therapeutics, or anything else that you're concerned about. Now, I mentioned earlier that I'd be looking at vaccine mandates from four different perspectives. Are they legal, ethical, effective, and are they common sense? I've come to the personal conclusion that the mandates get a failing grade in all four. Now, it's up to you to make up your own mind. There has got to be a better way to protect society's most vulnerable. I don't see a way that vaccine mandates get us where we want to go. Presumably if where we want to go is a democratic society where the individuality, freedom, health, and safety of all is respected. Is COVID an illness that is claiming lives and disrupting everyday life? Yes. Can we approach the problem with experience, thoughtfulness, and a little more humanity? I think it's long overdue. Let's all return to reason. According to the Supreme Court of Canada, it is unconstitutional and illegal. Sticking to my values and my principles, I refused to get the vaccine. So the government made good on their threat by removing me from caucus and prohibiting me from running in the 2022 election as a PC candidate. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv. There, you can also find out more about Leon, his books, and his other media series. You can help us grow this podcast by rating, reviewing, sharing this episode with a friend, or subscribing. Still want more? Follow Leon Fontaine on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have a suggestion for the show or would like the reference material for this episode, use the link in the show notes.